Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise one more time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Word here. We're going to uh, do a, just a, a little, little review or something of some things we started talking last week. Uh, we were, uh, started a series called Grace for Living. Uh, there's a grace for living. How many know there's a grace for everything you do? Amen. And so if there's a grace available, well, bless God, I want to walk in it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to miss out on something that's available, praise God, that God's offering. And how many know you can? You know, you can come up short with it. And uh, so we're going to take a little review and then kind of move into what the Lord has for us today. So let's put the, uh, the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 32 on the board, if you will. And it says this, so, so, so now, brethren, I commend you, and of course, this is Paul talking, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. Amen. A few verses prior to that, he referred to it as the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. The good news of grace. Amen. So he calls it here the word of his grace. Amen. Which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Amen. To uh, this word of grace. In fact, that's why today we're ministering the word of grace Amen. And the more you walk in this, the more it's able then to build you up. And it literally means to, uh, to build upon. Amen. Without grace, there ain't a whole lot of building going on in your life. Are you hearing me? We're not going higher. We're not going deeper. Amen. Uh, so it's able to build you up. And it's also able to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. How many know there's an inheritance out there for you? I said, how many know there's an inheritance for you? In fact, the Amplified calls it your rightful inheritance. Amen. The word inheritance means a possession or portion, allotment or lot. It's referring to your, like we would we'd use the phrase, your lot in life. Well, how many know your lot in life in God's a good one? A lot of times when somebody refers to your lot in life, they might be referring to something negative, but in God, it's a good one. Your inheritance. Amen. This lot means your fate or fortune, future, destiny, all that fits into this thing. So your future, your destiny is connected to grace. Paul said, all that I am and all that I do is because of the grace of God that's on my life. Amen. He connects it with that. Well, we have to do the same thing. We've got to connect that with grace. See, without grace, we're not going to see things built upon in our life. We're not going to walk in our future, our destiny, our lot in life, amen, the one that we're called to, if we keep walking short of the grace of God. Are you still hearing me today? Let's put, uh, let's go ahead and put uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Again, we took a lot more time with these verses last week, uh, so we just kind of want to move forward here a little bit. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Now, of course, that's referring to Adam, the first Adam, because of the mistake that he made uh, that it affected all mankind. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace. Look at your neighbor and say, receive. The word receive here is a Greek word, lambano, okay, which just means to seize what's been offered, to grab hold of what's been offered to you. Amen. How many know you have to seize what's been offered? Thank you for all that enthusiasm. You have to seize what's been offered. All right. You got to seize it. 
all right? Much more you receive uh, the abundance of grace. I looked up the word abundance just in case because you never know. You know, it might be some special meaning here and whatever, but you know the word abundance means abundance. How many know there's an abundance of grace? Amen. There's so much grace. There's, there's grace for everything. Come on, somebody. You'll, God's never running out of grace. You, you, if you keep going after grace, guess what? You're never going to run. They're never going to come up short. All right? There's an abundance of grace. He says those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift, in fact, earlier it calls it a free gift, the free gift of righteousness will reign in life, all right, through the one Jesus Christ. Now, the word reign, let's go ahead and give a little definition on that, just means to rule as a king, all right? Uh, a lot of your translations will even say that in this verse. I'll use that. Uh, you'll use it concerning your kingship. But it refers, it's a word that actually means the foundation of power. In other words, you start right here. If you receive uh, the free gift of righteousness and draw on that abundance of grace, you've automatically have the foundation of power now. Amen. That's how it works. That's how God set it up. It means the strength to govern, the confidence to win, and a commanding stability. Let me give you that again. Strength to govern, confidence to win, and a commanding stability. In other words, the foundation of power. If you will receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, you will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Amen. So we've been talking about a grace for living. There is a grace for us to walk in, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, um, real quick, maybe throw this out. We'll probably take some time through the course of this series and probably dive a little bit deeper into Romans 5. Uh, but I just want to just uh, real quick just bring out a little later in this text, he talks about that how grace reigns through righteousness. Now, that's just something to keep in mind. Now, what righteousness is, is something that was a free gift God gave you because of what Jesus did. Because of God's mercy and God's love for you, sent His only begotten Son, come on somebody, to pay a price for you. And because of what He did, I said because of what He did, has now made you, the Scripture says, the righteousness of God. Now the purpose of righteousness, amen, is, like you said, to make you, amen, in right standing. So I'm just going to throw this out. There is no excuse... There is no hindrance to you going to God. None. You can't say that your past, your mistakes, your flaws, your issues, none of them can hold you back from time with God. None of them. A price has been paid. You may say, well, Pastor, you don't know. I even blew it this morning. Well, it's a good thing you came then. So you could hear this. Because this message, amen, hallelujah, receiving the word of His grace, amen, is there to build you up, praise God, give you your rightful inheritance, praise God, and cause you to reign in life, amen, as royalty, amen, that you're called to. How I many know you're part of royalty? Amen, praise God, amen. Now, with that said, let's, uh, real quick, let's do the, um, uh, let's see, I want to do... Um, that Hebrews 12 text. There's a grouping there. Let's put all them up. All right. So uh, Hebrews 12, real quick. Looking carefully lest anyone falls short of the grace of God. Now I'm bringing this up for a reason. You have to understand 
that we're talking about grace. See, some of the deception about grace is just because you're saved or just because you love God or because, uh, you know, you, you come to church, that that automatically means that you're going to walk in the abundance of grace. Are you still hearing me? Now, we're going we're to bring some clarity of this. Now, I'm trying to show you that you can actually come up short of grace. In fact, I uh, made this statement last week. I'll go ahead and make it again this week. That there are many who have a calling that has been cut short. There are many who have a gifting, but it never came into fruition. There are many who have had a leading from God, but never saw it come into manifestation. And the majority of the, the, majority of the time, it's based on a lack of grace. We come up short. Are you still with me? Now, the word here, to come up short, uh, means literally to, be, to lack or to be deficient of. To lack or be deficient of. So, if it was just up to God and God only to give you the grace you need, then this verse wouldn't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be right. Because if it was only up to God about how much grace you walk in, then for Him to turn around and tell us not to come up short of it, well, that'd be kind of a kick in the shins. Are you hearing me? Now, we're, we're, we're going somewhere with all this. Give me the next verse. It's the Acts 13 says this. Now, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, here we go, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Now, he wouldn't be telling you to continue in it if, it, if you, hadn't, you, know, you weren't supposed to continue in it. In fact, we can get many verses just on that alone. Amen. We have to continue in the grace of God. Are you still with me? Put the, there's a couple of them on Galatians. Let's put Galatians 2 up there. Uh, I do not set aside the grace of God. How many know you can set aside the grace of God? Are you still with me? Now, we're going somewhere with this. There's just too much deception out there about grace. And nothing's hard. Grace is readily available. There's an abundance of grace, and it's for whoever wants it. But somewhere along the line, people are falling short of it. People are not continuing in it. People are setting it aside. In fact, this word set aside uh, means to nullify it, to make it void. literally means to frustrate it. Okay, well, I don't want to frustrate the grace of God. I don't want to nullify the grace of God. So if he says that we could set it aside or nullify it, guess what? Then we could actually set it aside and nullify it. Are you still with me? Yeah. Now remember, line upon line, precept upon precept, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you don't rightly divide the word of truth, you go along with deception. And then here's a gifting, here's a calling, here's a leading, and it never comes to pass, and you're mad at God, you're mad at the church, you're mad at each other, you're mad at yourself. And the whole time, there's a grace that's available to help you walk it out and fulfill it. Are you still with me? So you might as well know truth. All right. Put the Galatians 5.4 up there. He says, and you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Now, of course, there's a lot of teaching, and we will do one week just specifically on the difference of the law and grace. Amen. 
Uh, but here he says, you have fallen from grace. So that means you could actually fall from grace. Okay, that word, uh, to fall from grace, means to be driven off course. All right, that's what that Greek word means, to be driven off course. You've been driven off course of grace. So he wouldn't tell you that you could be driven off course of grace if it wasn't possible. Are you still with me? All right, with all that said, uh, Hebrews 4, once again, Hebrews 4 and 16. All right, so let's, let's shift some gears here. Here we go. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Everybody say throne of grace. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. All right, that word is, is lambano again there, that word obtain. And it just means again to seize what's yours. Amen. But it says something different about grace. Mercy's always out there. In fact, mercies are new every day according to the Scriptures. Come on, somebody. Every day, mercy's, mercy's constantly there. Amen? And the reason we have to kind of bring this up is a lot of times mercy and grace gets confused. In fact, most people lump them together. If you ever listen to people talk, they always say, ah, oh, His mercy and grace. And they lump them together as if they're the same thing. They're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. Mercy is readily available because mercy is there because of His mercy. That's why you're the righteousness of God. Because of that covenant kindness, He sent His Son to pay a price. So mercy is all about, amen, paying a price for everything behind you. But grace is about everything you grab hold of or find, or that word find means to discover, amen. You have to go to the throne of grace to find it. To discover it. Why? Because that's what determines your future. Are you hearing me? Now, last week made some statements, and uh, there's going to be a lot of these kind of statements through the course of this series. And that is this. You know, um, a lot of people will go to prayer. They'll waste their time in prayer. Uh, trying, to, trying to draw and get, get mercy because of mistakes they've made, because of their past. And most people that just sit there and that's what they want, they're trying to somehow or another earn God's love, gain God's acceptance, somehow get God to forgive them. God's already forgiven you. God's already in love with you. God's already displayed His mercy and already released mercy on your behalf. Amen. That's why you've been made the righteousness of God. Why? So you can come to the throne of grace with boldness and confidence without any hindrance. Now, somebody says, well, well, I blew it, and I, you know, I want forgiveness. Well, then repent. Tell God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. Now, draw on grace. Listen, I'm going to explain something. Here's why a lot of times we spin our wheels in our walk. We make mistakes. We, we try to get, you know, get that covered somehow. We spend our time trying to get you know, get that all fixed, and, and what happens, we never draw on any kind of empowerment or grace to move forward. So we never get anywhere. We spin our wheels. Remember what the definition for grace is. It means a favor. It means a, a, a bounty or benefit. It means um, a, a gifting. But here's what it says. A divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. 
Now, influence again. <clears throat> the only way Pastor Jerry can influence you is for you to somehow either come to church, listen or watch it by internet, or let somebody whom I've influenced influence you. The word influence means an empowerment. Again, in fact, let me give you the true definition of influence. <clears throat> means this, the capacity or power to produce an effect on or in another, to impact somebody. Now, if you're not coming to church or you're not watching or listening by Internet, it's real hard for Pastor Jerry to influence you. Now, I'm here. In fact, I'm always here. I ain't going anywhere. And we're here influencing, trying to influence, trying to impact, trying to somehow empower you, amen, through a message, a good news message, amen, in this case talking about grace, come on somebody, to influence you. But if you don't come, if you don't take the time to go online and listen or watch, if you don't listen to something that I'm saying when I'm talking to you or, or somebody who's, who maybe has been influenced by us is now taking that influence and now, influ if you don't take the time to listen, I can't influence you. Now you say, well, that's kind of duh. Exactly, duh. How can Mr. Divine himself influence you if you make no movement toward him? If you don't take the time to, to let God influence you. Are you still with me? Well, he, he has a right. He can just come in my life anytime he wants. God, don't do that. God, don't force himself on you. God waits for you to move toward him. And when you move toward him, he moves towards you. Are you still hearing me? So this starts explaining why a lot of, a lot of Christian folk have giftings, callings, leadings that never come to pass. Because they assume they assume that they have the grace to operate. Are you still with me? Kicked over a couple sacred cows here before it's over with. Now, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find, discover grace to help in time of need. The word come here. Let's look at that real brief. The word come in this verse here means to approach, makes sense, right? To go or to draw near. Remember what he said in James 4? Draw near to God. What happens then? Draws near to you. The word come here also means to visit, to assent unto, or to consent, meaning to give permission, amen. It literally means to give the nod. Huh? To give the nod. In other words, somehow or another, you're allowing God influence in your life. You're saying, God, go ahead, speak. Go ahead, say something. Go ahead, I'm receiving. Go ahead, amen. I'm attentive to you right now. I'm locked on. What, what is it I need to hear right now? All right? Are you still with me? So come with confidence to the throne of grace. Let's throw this out there again. There is no hindrance. No hindrance. You have nothing holding you back from spending time with God. Nothing. Anybody can talk to God. 
Anybody can talk to God. Anytime they want to. God isn't going to say, you know, sorry, I'm busy talking to somebody else. God, you're not going to get a busy signal. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be God looking down his nose at you and go, jeez, you're too dirty, you're too filthy, there's no way I can talk to you. God doesn't have any of that. There's none of that that's a hindrance. Now, that'll, that'll drive religion bonkers. But mercy, amen, has done away with every hindrance. Grace is all about difference, making a difference. Are you still with me? All right? So grace, or probably mercy has set the stage so that all of this back here that could have been a hindrance is no longer a hindrance. So I can come with confidence and boldness, amen, to draw what I need right now in time of need to empower me a divine influence upon my heart to be reflected in my life, amen, to move me forward. Why? So that I can be, uh, as it says, built up. So that I can be uh, a receiver of my inheritance. So that I can reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Are you still with me? Maybe we should say this too. Talked on it briefly last week, but uh, uh, a, a divine influence, a God influence upon the heart. What is the heart? Okay, the heart, um, uh, the core, the center it means, but it means the seat of control. If you really want to get technical, it really just comes down to this. It's your will. Okay, it's the inner workings, the spirit, soul, and body. It's because of that. It's your will makes a decision, doesn't it? You can go God way, you can go your own way. You can choose spirit, you can choose flesh. You can say, even though you might even know what's right, what's true, say, eh, I ain't going to do that. Are you still with me? That all comes out of the heart of man. Jesus made it real clear that the good, the bad, and the ugly all comes out of the heart of man. Still with me? But it's based on what you feed the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart comes the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart comes every action. Scriptures are clear. Everything comes out of the heart. But it's based on what you feed it. So what we're talking about is feeding it an influence from above. If you're not being influenced from above, you're being influenced from somewhere else. And then that determines the seat of control. That determines, hallelujah, what you're going to start choosing, what you're going to start doing based on what you feed it. So, grace, a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. If you want to live it right, let's get influenced right. Now, is there anything hard about spending time with God? Nothing hard about it. Now, there's a lot of reasons why people don't do it. We talked about several of those last week. Uh, you know, it's just sometimes uh, I just don't have time, somebody might say. Well, my thought is, man, you don't, I mean, you can't afford not to give it time. Because if you want to walk in who you are, walk in what you're called to do, walk in all that you have in God, well, then you're going to have to take some time to communicate with God. And guess what? God wants to communicate with you. Isn't that good? I mean, God actually wants to talk with you. What set the patriarchs of faith aside made them different than the rest? The scripture says this, real clear. They walked with God. 
That's it. And now all that means, the word walk means to commune with, to fellowship with, to talk with, literally means to small talk. That's all it is. There is nothing complicated. I have friends. I have a lot of friends. I have a family. We all know how to small talk. We all know how to just fellowship and talk about, you know, things. Nothing complicated about it. Me and Rick, we can talk. In fact, we just did a little bit earlier. Back there before we got started in prayer, we got talking about a couple things. Just talking back and forth. What are we doing? Fellowship. Talking. It wasn't complicated. I didn't say, oh, here comes Rick. <laughs> so hard. Some of you were out there talking about, you know, hunting and talking about fishing or, or talking about, you know, some of you were even out there talking about superheroes or something. There was something about something going on. And you think, oh, is that hard? No, that's just, you know, what we start talking. What are you doing? You're communing. You're fellowshipping. Well, God wants to commune with you. God wants to fellowship with you. There's nothing complicated. It isn't like you have to somehow or another learn a certain language to commune with God. Now, I believe that the more you commune with God, the more your language changes. That's, that's, that's a gimme. But to just start talking with God, amen, there's not, nothing complicated about that. So everything we're talking about, about drawing on the abundance of grace or receiving the abundance of grace, there is nothing complicated about it. Nothing. It is totally free for whoever wants it. All God is asking, here we go, is to come and get it. That's it. Use the illustration last week. Um, you know, if I had a, 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 a big gift for you, maybe a vehicle or something. I bought a brand new vehicle and decided I want to give you this vehicle, title and all, it's yours. Um, I want you to have this. Uh, it's a free gift to you. All I'm asking is could you please swing out to the house and pick it up? See, it doesn't make it any less free. Does that make it any less free? If I ask you to come to the house to pick it up, did that take away the free gift? It's still a free gift. Are you still with me? So we're not asking you to do anything. All he said, this is free grace. You can have it. It's yours for the taking. All I'm asking is come over to the house to get it. That's it. You don't have to make sure you got your proper attire on just in case or, or make sure you got all your, your, you know, your, 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 your junk out of the closet. Make sure you got all, all this fixed and all that fixed. God, please, please just come. Let me help you with the closet. Let me help you with the junk. Let me help you with the mud. Now, I'm trying to take this, this thing we, we sit around a lot of times and we just wait for God to do. And God said, just, why don't you just come commune with me, talk, and I'll walk you through this thing. See, there's a grace for living. There's a grace for marriage. Well, you just don't know if I go talk to God about marriage. Listen, what if God has the answer for your marriage? Chances are he does. What if God has an answer about that financial thing? What if God has an answer about that health thing? See, so wouldn't it be, you know, a reasonable thing 
to say, you know what, I think I'm just going to go talk to the one that has the answers. <laughs> so God is asking, come with some confidence. And you'll discover, amen, what we can do here. All right, you with me? Okay, with that said, let's go to 2 Timothy. Let's look at this now. And just let's settle this, praise God. All right? You therefore, 2 Timothy 2.1, You therefore, my son, be strong. This is, of course, Paul talking to Timothy. Okay? All right. So, uh, you therefore, my son, be strong, be empowered, that means, in the grace that is where? In Christ Jesus. So, this grace is in God or it's in Christ. In fact, Jesus, the Scripture says in Colossians that Jesus is the, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All right? So, uh, you know, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, man. You make any movement toward the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, guess what? You're opening yourself up for grace. Where is grace? In this text, it says it's in Christ Jesus. So does that, does that mean you can't have it? No, he's implying if you want it, you got to come in Christ. Move toward Christ. Are you still with me? All right, praise God. The, uh, I think it's the Passion Translation I put down here in my notes. Uh, fairly new translation. I don't even know if they're even done with it yet. There's still a few books they're still working on. Um, but the Passion Translation says this, Live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace. I love this. Which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with Him. I love it. Amen. And your union with Him. See, the more time you spend with Jesus, guess what? The more the grace of God you'll walk in. The more that you can be and walk and, and function like you're supposed to, praise God. Amen. That drives out the darkness. That drives out the curse. That drives out, praise God, condemnation. Drives out guilt. Drives out shame. You start becoming who you're called to be. All of a sudden, you're walking, amen, being built up, walking and receiving your inheritance. Praise God, reigning in life as a king like you're supposed to. Praise God. Why? Because you made a decision to just move toward Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's try another one. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, verse 13, please. It says here, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, uh, be sober, that word actually means to, 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 to not be under the influence of another. That word sober makes sense, right? So be sober, all right? And rest your hope or your expectation fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The word revelation means a revealing or an appearing of Jesus Christ. It's not talking about someday in the sweet by and by. It's talking about you spending time with Him. So it's talking about presence. The more time you spend with Him, the more grace is brought to you. That word there, brought, uh, brought unto you, means to be brought forth. It means to, to come to, to lead to, to move to, reaches to, rushes to. These are all the synonyms of that, that Greek word there, brought. So in other words, the more time spent with Him, the more it comes to you. Okay, let's try another one. Are you still with me? You ain't going to get around this. 
You're not just someday going to wake up and all grace dumps on you. People walk, the people that walk in grace are the people that move toward God. People that spend time with Him. People that commune with Him. You can commune with God in the shower. You can commune to God on your way to work. You can commune with God at work. You can commune with God in the nighttime. You can commune with God in the morning time. You can commune with God in the noontime. You can commune with God in the afternoon. You can commune with God and do it all over again. Amen. Every movement you make toward God opens the door for more of divine influence upon your heart that can be reflected in your life. This walk in God, are you still with me? Listen, God told me, take your time with it. It's hard. I want to just... Your walk in God, there is nothing complicated about our walk in God. Pastor, you just don't understand where I've come from. Listen, anybody that says that to me doesn't know me. You come to the wrong fella to tell me that your past hangs you up from moving forward in God. Or you don't have an ability to to receive or learn or some kind of silliness. You're talking to the wrong person. Are you hearing me? If God can talk to some country bumpkin from Nebraska that had all kinds of issues, I guarantee he can talk to you. And according to this book, he wants to. And all those things that you think are going to keep you out of God are the things he wants to help you with. That's the difference of the law and grace. When you try to do everything in your own power, It is complicated. It is hard. But when you do everything in grace, that's why it says sin has no more dominion over you. Even all those things that hung you up have no more power over you because you are operating under a divine influence because you made the decision to just start communing with God. And all of a sudden, that divine influence comes upon you and is now reflected in your life. It makes your walk easy. It's supposed to be easy, and it's supposed to be enjoyable. Look at your neighbor and smile. It's supposed to be enjoyable. This walk in God is not supposed to be complicated. It's not supposed to be hard. He never made any of this to be complicated. The only time it gets complicated is when we're trying to do it in our own power and in our own strength. You know, the the silliness of of statements sometimes that we make, you know, and I've made them myself. You know, I got myself into this mess, I'll get myself out. Well, that's ignorance gone to seed. You're the one that got yourself in that mess, so why are you going to count on you to get yourself out? You might as well hook up with the one that can get you out. And sometimes that's a hard one for men. I'm serious, sometimes that is a hard one, you know, you know, know, listen, lose the pride. The word says, said, you know, that he, he turns from pride, but, but he gives grace unto the humble. And the word humble just means one that's submitted and yielded, praise God, one that moves toward him. And as you move toward him, the scripture is clear, he moves towards you, praise God there, bang. Everything you needed to get her done, you now have, praise the Lord. 
and all of a sudden you're walking in this thing, all of a sudden you're fulfilling it, all of a sudden, amen, those things that used to be complicated or used to fly over your head are no longer complicated and no longer flying over your head. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you still with me today? I'm not boring you today, am I? I wouldn't want to do that. All right. Now, um, a revealing, a revelation, an appearing presence. Um, You start thinking about this, okay? Um, When you go through the scriptures and you look at everything about presence, uh, in in the presence of God, there's rest. Uh, Exodus 33, when he's talking to Moses, he reveals to him that in my presence is rest. In Psalm 16, it says that in his presence is joy, amen, and pleasures evermore, forevermore, amen. So uh, that's good. In uh, Acts 3, it talks about in, in his presence, amen, is times of refreshing, amen. You feel restored when you start spending time with him, amen. So all those times that you're being burnt out, wore out, feeling defeated, feeling under it, praise God, this is how it works. Just more time with Him. And I found that the more, the more you do, uh, the more time you need with Him. And I found the more time you need with Him, or pardon me, the more time you spend with Him, the more you can get done. I'm doing way more than I was 10 years ago. And I actually feel even a little bit more refreshed than I did then. I ain't saying that some days you're like, whew, I need my pillow. But I found most days, praise God, you can just keep on moving. You get more done, praise God, because you're working with a little bit more efficiency. Come on. Well, how do you become more efficient? Grace. How do you become more effective? Grace. How do you get more done? Grace. Well, how do you get grace? Talk with Him. Commune with Him. Let Him him influence you. Amen. Spend some time with it. Spend some time in His Word. Spend some time listening and hearing. Spend time in, in communion and prayer with Him. Spend time in the house of God. Spend time, amen, watching and listening to messages that, that edify and build you up. Move toward the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The Word says there comes power when you get in the Holy Ghost. Why is it? Grace. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all happening. Praise God. You're allowing God to somehow empower you, somehow influence you, somehow put something upon the heart so it can turn now and be reflected in your life so you can get something done. Can I hear a big amen? Somebody give God praise in this house. Amen. All right, let's do another one. Romans 5. Let's look at another one here. Romans 5. Trying to get, get somewhere here today. Romans 5, verse 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Amen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say, through Jesus. All right. Now it says, through whom? Now it's through Jesus. Also, we have access. Everybody say access. This is key. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we see another element here. He says, through whom, through Jesus, also we have access by faith into this grace. Everybody say, by faith. faith. Now, a common text that gets used, some people, you know, you get talking about this. Well, you know, you were saved by grace. Yes, what's the rest of it say? Through faith. So what does that mean? Well, the word faith, okay, the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, okay, which means uh, to believe in. It means to have confidence in, to trust in. It means to rely on or to, bent or to depend on. Okay? So faith, according to Scripture, has action. Amen. 
What faith means, amen, is I have a part of me right now, my reliance, my dependence, my trust, my confidence, my conviction, whatever, however you, whatever one of those synonyms concerning the word faith is making movement toward Him. Amen. I have access to grace. When you got born again, you got born again, amen, by grace through faith. You had no idea what you did. But you heard something. Some people had a, a glorious encounter. Some people had this zing, zang, zow, man, when they got saved, man, all of heaven opened up and they saw the angels and everybody, the chorus, just singing and praying. Well, me, when I got saved, it was just like, you know, I think I need you. Come on. It was just as glorious. All of heaven rejoiced. I just didn't hear them. Come on, somebody. Now, when I got born again, the reason I accepted Jesus, because somewhere along the line, somebody told me some good news. I knew in my heart I could go to God. So I made movement toward God. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. Just like I didn't have a clue when I moved out here. We just, which way do you want to go? Let's go west. You know, you look back at it and you think, whew, God was moving. I'm thinking, oh, back then I, would, I wouldn't have said, man, we've had a leading of God and the Spirit of God spoke something. I just said, you know what, we should go. We both said, all right, let's do that. What did we do? We made movement. God honored it. And there was an empowerment that came, a whole series of events. Amen. Same thing here. I got born again. It wasn't some zings out. All I knew in my heart is I could make movement because God is in love with me. And they said that God wants uh, me and his family. Amen. I don't have a clue what that all means. Had no idea. Come on, somebody. All I know is I think I want that. So I made movement toward that. So I got saved by grace through faith. It's still movement. Now the word saved, uh, the, the, uh, this is, of course, I'm quoting out of Ephesians 2 here, uh, but the, uh, the word saved um, is the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O, the word salvation, uh, which is also used depending on how it's used in the sentence. But that Greek word there is soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. Okay, both these Greek words, amen, do not mean born again. So when it's talking about being saved or salvation, being born again is just the tip of the iceberg. Are you hearing me? That's part of it, but that's not all of it. So a lot of times when we hear, you know, being saved by grace through faith, we just think, well, that just means when I got born again only. No, that's where it started. The word salvation, the word saved, sozo or soteria, both those words mean total deliverance. just depends on how it's used in a sentence. But it means full meal deal, health, wholeness, protection, preservation. Are you hearing me? Answers, solutions, amen, clarity. What is it you need? The same way you got born again is the same way you get all the rest of it. Now, years ago, they did a thing at McDonald's. They called it the full meal deal. And, uh, they, and then I think they changed it to, you know, call it supersize me. So you drive up and you say, this is what I want. And you say, supersize me. Now, I didn't always need all that, but I'd do it anyway. Just because there ain't no way I'm going to drive away from that window without getting everything that's coming to me. 
Now that, you know, you can give a drink for a buck. It doesn't matter what size drink. Well, duh. Give me the big one. Well, you don't need all that. I don't care. I want what's coming to me. Right? I don't feel any different about the things of God. God's offered all this. He says, Jerry, you can have all of this. What do you want? Well, hey, supersize it. Give me the full meal deal. I'll take the large, please, or the extra large if that's what you got. You have jumbo? Give me jumbo. Right? That's the way I look at it. And that's the way you should look at it as a child because God is offering it unto you. So what is it you want? Receive it. Lambano, receive it. Seize what's been offered. Praise God. Amen. If there is a, a divine influence for that area of your life, then why not grab it? The same way you got born again, and guess what? I mean, I still sometimes when I'm moving in the things of God, still feel like I'm dumb as a stump. Still feel like sometimes I don't know nothing. The deeper I get in, the more I feel like, man, I don't know anything. But I just keep moving it. So I'm thinking to myself, even back when I got saved, I was even more dumber than a stump than I am now. And yet, for some odd reason, I knew enough to make movement toward God, and God made movement toward me. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. All I heard was, you need Jesus. And I said, you're right, I do. That was that far. And I just made movement, started talking to him, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm serving God. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. How do you get healing? The same way. How do you get deliverance? The same way. How do you get your breakthrough? The same way. How do you get your marriage fixed? The same way. How do you get your kid fixed? The same way. And you need grace to do it. Years ago, I used this illustration because it's very clear, okay? Um, One day, I I was having issues with my teeth, and I'm, I'm, I'm standing on the Word, standing on the promises of God concerning my teeth, and just what the Scripture had to say about healing and wholeness, even some verses about teeth I was standing on. Are you hearing me? I mean, I was going after it. And I've gotten results from standing on the Word of God in many other areas, but for some reason, I wasn't getting the results. I was still dealing with this pain in my, uh, you know, in my, my teeth. And so I, you know, I mean, who'd have thought? Let's ask God. So I, I, I got quiet with God and I started talking to him. I said, Lord, I don't understand. I'm standing on this and your word says this and your word. And I know that's, uh, that's I mean, you're not the problem. I'm the problem. If there's something going on here, I know what your word says. What's going on? He says, you have ought in your heart or unforgiveness, by the way. Somebody asked me one time and I used that word. What does that mean? It means unforgiveness. What, what's happening? What is that? Grace. What? A divine influence. All of a sudden, I gave him opportunity. He says, listen, here's what's hanging you up. That's grace. I want you to succeed in this area, Jerry. I want you to conquer here. I want you to reign in this life. I don't want this to beat you. So here's your answer. You have ought. You have unforgiveness in your heart. Deal with that. I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I... I'm trying to think who I've got problems with. I'm thinking, you know, we, at this particular time, I think we'd only lived out here in Oregon, I don't know, you know, six months to a year or something like that. And I'm thinking, who do I have problems with? I'm trying to think. I'm thinking, man, he, he must be wrong about this because I'm thinking of everybody I know here in Oregon. I'm thinking, I, I don't have a problem with anybody that I know of. And I said, well, Lord, who'd have thought, right? Ask, Lord, 
who do I have unforgiveness with? And he started reeling off names. And there were all these people back home. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I started to start releasing. Father, I release her. I release him. I, I, Father, yes, I forgive her. Father, I let go of that. I let go of that. And then he mentioned a name. I went, whoa, brakes. Stop. Time out. <laughs> no, not happening. You know what he did. Then we had this conversation. I won't go into all of it. But uh, it was very, very, very obvious. Uh, you better let go of this one. And I had a little combo with God about this. And I said, you know, all this stuff about what happened, God knew about it all. I said, it wasn't right. He said, yeah, it wasn't right. But you still need to release it. And so through a course of, you know, a few minutes, I released him. And I knew in my heart when I did that, that if I saw the man, I would have no problem shaking his hand, praying with him, whatever. And listen, not, not one minute later, not 30 seconds later, instantaneous healing when I did it. Instantaneous. <sighs> Gone. Now, I made up my mind right then, you know, forgiveness is a good thing. As I grew in the Lord, I realized that was grace coming on the scene to help me walk in life so that I could be built up, come on, and receive my rightful inheritance, come on, and reign in life and not let it beat me. And I can go story after story after story after story, dealing with finance, dealing with health, dealing with marriage, dealing with kids, dealing with all kinds of church things that go on. When God Amen. When you spend the time with God, God always has the answers. He empowers you with a, with a divine influence that then can be reflected. And every time it works. Who'd have thought? Now, let's ask, who did that work for? Now, it's not a trick question. His name is Jesus. Every time Jesus went to God, talked to God, He always knew where to go, what to do, what to say, what not to say, who to pray for, who not to pray for. There was a few cases where he prayed for them all, and they all were here. But there are many times he walked by people. You know, even the person at the pool of Bethesda. He, he, how, many, how many sick and lame did he walk by to go to the one? They're all around that whole thing. And yet he went there and ministered to one. Did Jesus always walk on the water? No. Did Jesus always spit on the ground and roll mud balls and smear them in blind people's eyes? No. The point is, he always knew what to do. And Jesus even said, I say nothing unless I hear the Father say it, and I do nothing unless I see the Father do it. That's how he became successful. That's how, amen, he could walk in his destiny. That's how he could, praise God, reign in life. Why? Because of his connection with the Father. It's no different with you and me. Same thing. There is a grace for doing that, a grace for living that, a grace for saying that. Amen. Always. Are you still with me? Am I? Let's see here. Wow. Like never enough time. 
Um, I'll just close with this. Do you remember um, in Luke 10, we see the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus is at, at their house, and he's having a conversation with, with Martha because Martha was a little upset because Mary, her sister, was in the other room and not helping her with setting up the table. Well, what was she doing in the other room? Scripture were clear. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus doing what? Well, we look at it and say, well, she's receiving what he's saying. But it was grace. Because where do you find grace? Come on. So he says to her, Martha, Martha, you're all freaked out and stressed out about so many things. Now, she thought it was just one. She thought to herself, no, I'm just mad at my sister. No, honey, you're stressed out about a lot of stuff, and now you're just taking it out on her. Come on, somebody. Does this sound familiar? All right. So he says, your sister has chosen the right thing. He said to her, you know, there was one thing. Did it say one thing? I don't know if I gave you that. There's one thing that you lack. Was a statement. Huh? See, Mary chose the right thing. Well, what was it? I'm just trying to show you this is how easy it is. Here's what he's saying to Martha Martha, why don't you walk out of the kitchen into the living room? And you'll no longer be stressed. Now, Pat, no, walk out of. The, leave the table. Who cares about the bird in the oven? Who cares about how the, how the silverware is set? Who cares if there's ice or not in the, in the cups? Come over here. See, your sister chose the right thing. For her, it was walking from the kitchen to the living room. And I had the feeling in those days, the houses weren't all that big. God is not asking that much. He just said, listen, come spend some time with me. Come talk with me. Come fellowship with me. And let me walk you through this. Let me show you how to deal with it. Let me show you how uh, not uh, to get caught up with this or get caught up with that. Let me show you how to live life without stress. Let me show you how to do this thing and do it with ease. Let me show you how to do this with efficiency. Let me show you how to walk healthy, whole, and wise in all these areas. Let me show you how to do ministry. Let me show you how to do marriage. Let me show you how to, how to be a parent. Let me show you how to be a financier, how to do this, how to do that, how to do this. Let me show you how to do it. Choose the right thing. Just come and commune. Come and fellowship. Are you still with me today? Did you get something today? Yes. Amen. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. We'll leave it at that. Amen. Now, uh, I don't know if I even got half of what I wanted to get done today, but 
Um, that's all right. Um, grace is not complicated. Um, sometimes through some teaching, sometimes we make it, you know, I don't know, there's little things that go on, people argue about this or that about grace, but <laughs> grace really is just a divine influence, and all God wants to do is influence you. So He wants you to connect so you, He can influence you. So you can actually do the things He's asking you to do. Are you hearing me? You know, when you, when you think about the law and grace, when the law came, you know, the law, of course, can define a right way of living, but God didn't bring the law into effect to try to make you toe the line. So a lot of times we think, well, God, there's the law. God didn't bring the law in to make you toe the line. God actually brought the law in to show you you can't do it without him. But the children of Israel, the whole thing was he was trying to draw. Scriptures are clear. He wanted them out of Egypt to draw, him, draw them unto himself. That has never changed. That has never changed. I want you out of the house of bondage unto me. Come to me, and all the shackles will fall off. Come to me, and all the bondage will go. Come to me, and you'll have answers. Come to me, and you'll have wisdom. Come to me, and I'll walk you through this thing. It's that simple. So when you start thinking about, I don't have time for God, or I'm concerned that if I go talk to God, He's going to tell me something I don't want to hear, you might, you might be surprised, amen, how simple this is. And you might be amazed how much more you can get done, how much further you can go, what kind of an anointing you can walk in, what kind of glorious miracles you can see if you just let Him influence you. Did you get something today? Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's, let's pray. Father, once again, we thank You and praise You for Your Word. We thank You for this message. We thank You, Lord God, for ears that heard, hearts that received. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Thank you, Lord, amen, for bringing clarity, simplicity, and we give you praise for it. In the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus, amen and amen. amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a praise one more time. Praise God. Turn to one another say, keep walking in that grace. Praise God. And you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.